Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus face. My report shows that Inquisitor Valentine discovered yet another new follower behind the orc lines of Vicodin Prime. Atticus Vess, formerly of the Glorious Regals, was betrayed by his regiment and fell into the Inquisitor's company to the delight of Marnie. How will these three survive a fight with a squad of knobs? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. After action report submitted by Sergeant Skullcrawler. Uh, wasn't easy. He was a tough son of a bitch, but we got him. We always get him. Uh, underneath an important note is added, uh, report so far unverified. So in the caverns, uh, beneath the rolling, uh, hills and glens of, um, of Vicodin, a new inquisitorial party has been born, uh, after the tragic loss of, uh, Alto, Lyric, and Haldron Blackhand, as well as uh, Acri the pilot, uh, Valentine, you found yourself uh, a willing and seemingly very capable um, inquisitorial unit, uh, which is good because um, your your immediate needs are great. Uh, you are badly wounded. Uh, you are wildly undersupplied. And uh, time is ticking away uh, rather quickly. So um, I'm going to say that Pardon me, my voice got all froggy for a second there. Um, you and Marnie um, actually rested up for a night uh, before setting off. Uh, so it's not like you met and then five minutes later a guy fell from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> as humorous as that would be, I hate coincidences like that an awful lot. Um, so Ryan, you can go ahead and uh, recover, um, we'll say two wounds um, from, uh, I think, Marnie, you've been keeping yourself alive for a real fucking long time down here. So oh, hell yeah. His his wounds are pretty <laughs> pretty egregious. So this isn't a permanent solution, but it is a a, a not terrible temporary solution. Um, and uh, I also just don't want Valentine to like fall over because of a stiff breeze in a few minutes. Um, like Marnie's not that smart, but she knows enough to like oh for sure field wounds. You and know? anyone who's also like realistically anyone who stayed alive this long on her own is fully capable of like. It may not be the most medically accurate way, but it's actually probably a pretty effective way. It just hurts a lot. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
having spent a long time in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, like digging bullets out of my shoulder and then just lighting a cigar to burn them shut. Like, it's cool. You're that you're, you know, you're you've it's not smart science. It's science. Um, great. So um, the three of you are uh, packed up and ready to go. Uh, Marnie, you've charged up your uh, your pack one last time um, from the depleted energy of, uh, of your vehicle. Um, Valentine, is there any preparations you would do in the cave uh, before setting back out? Um, he'd record an updated log of everything that happened in Eugene. Uh, just for himself, not in terms of like committing his like crimes he's committed, but just in terms of like what the mission is and what needs to be stopped. Because I feel like Eugene is kind of his backup for a lot of things. Uh, also, if Marnie had a bunch of bodies and loose armor and shit that she's been using for repair, if there's any way he could put together a suit of body armor, I think he would. Um, he's been wearing like essentially uh, like a carapace breastplate, which has been his like ceremonial armor that keeps him like protected while he's going around but this is a friggin war zone so he would not object to like armored pants or a shirt right. trying to make a more full suit of carapace i don't know if there's enough to do that that's just something um, i think he'd look for yeah 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 totally um so sorry one second i'm in the wrong doc here uh let me pull up my sheet um ryan i'm gonna say if you could please roll me a i'm gonna say a survival check um to kind of piece together improvised armor. It won't be great, but it'll be something. Cool. Um, Laura, how much of the gear have you cannibalized? How much do you think would still be left? Um, it's it's like bits and pieces. But I had my entire squad, right, to, to kind of pick from. Uh, yeah, but a few of them, like... I would argue a bunch of them died out of cave, like um, when you were out hunting. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, realistically, there were a bunch of suits of armor. So, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not like, yeah, I didn't like take like full pieces to probably like. Okay. So then, Ryan, I'm going to say this is a difficulty of one. Okay. Um, yeah. Difficulty of one. Um, also, because you're all back together for the first time, uh, I'm going to say story points. We're going to stack three and one in your favor. Cool. I'm going to use a story point. Thought you might. Um, I will give you one boost dice for um, Marnie's help, uh, given that she kind of, I think, as a military person who's been like living a weird castaway life, you probably have a pretty solid understanding of what is and isn't available here. Um, And I think I've, I've been trying to like, build the uh repair my armor pretty efficiently mm-hmm. in case i had to keep going for a long time yeah so, yeah yeah, absolutely yeah. um i don't think uh atticus would be of any assistance necessarily uh because he just fell from the ceiling um atticus i will say uh you can recover one wound um from uh kind of uh, i think having the the restraint off and and just taking a a, a quick breather while they piece together the armor um, we'll say that the armor thing was happening overnight, but I just want you all to be a little, little fresh for, for what's next. Just a casual stroll back to HQ, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There's an elevator at the end of this. Honestly, it's just bad <laughs> level design on my part. At the end, there's just an elevator straight to Glasgow Vicodin's office. Uh, the entire the is there. Is there. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's there. They're, like you walk in the record skips and they're like, Oh no, we're guilty. <laughs> So, Tom, it, like, <laughs> I have a tremendously weird role for you. I have seven advantage, but one failure. 
That is a tremendously weird role. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, you find so much armor and don't know how to put it together, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I think what we'll say with that then is um, I'll offer you a bargain of some sort, I think. Of course. Um, <laughs> Laura says disgusting. <laughs> yeah. These always but, turn out so well. <laughs> I mean, they could. Um, okay. Uh, here's what we'll do. Um, Ryan, I will either give you um, plus one defense uh, to ranged in melee but it'll cost you half your strain. Okay. Or, um, yeah, actually, I think that's it. That's that's the deal. Largely because in thinking about, based on what Laura's already described of what how Marnie's cannibalized the gear, it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't be able to piece it together. I think it's more so it doesn't fit. So you can wear it, it'll reduce your your odds of being shot and killed, but it's like wearing an oversized breast, like it's like if you put on like a knight's breastplate and it didn't fit. So it's actually like kind of exhausting and it's it's much different from what you'd normally, also they're stormtroopers, so like they're used to this, you haven't been trained for it. So yeah, basically it'll just, uh, and yeah, so like half your, half your strain to kind of pay for wearing it. Um, otherwise, uh, done, 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 done. Uh, he does not plan to get into combat. He is so injured that he's basically intending to use these two as they're meant to be used, which is they fight. He can shoot and kind of stay in the back (laughs) because if he's up front, he's dead. Yeah. I'm thinking this is basically like when the secret service has to throw a flak jacket, like around someone like, like, there's no time for you to wear this. Just hold this, (laughs) hold this tight. (laughs) Um, Great. So, um, yeah, so you get a big, big, stupid, uh, you manage to kind of, uh, you look a little bit like a, like a, a scrawny kid wearing, uh, football pads. Like it's just, everything's a little too big. Um, but, uh, definitely for like not getting, basically not getting winged by a bullet that'll kill you. This is, this is a good call. Yeah. So he's a little Michelin man ish under his inquisitorial uh. storm coat. Um, yeah. I'm thinking the storm coat is kind of like, uh, mob dawn over your shoulder like the shoulder pads now so it's just kind of like weirdly hanging off you rather than looking like proper and cloakly yeah like give him a give him a a cigar and he'd look like a bad usarker creed cosplay from kadia <laughs> deep cut model reference i don't care that any of you know it, but it's a very good joke all right so uh i know someone out there does this <laughs> get at me with love that model twitter yeah uh, so I'd say, yeah, his plan basically for moving forwards is he's just got his 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 refractor field is off, but he's almost walking with his hand on the button to turn it on because it sparkles a little, so it blows stealth. So he has to walk without it if they want to sneak at all. But anytime, like if he hears like a if he if someone coughs loudly, his refractor field is activating. All right, awesome. Um so uh, as you, you set out into the cave system, um, Marnie, you know the way back up to the surface because uh, that's that's kind of been been your jam for the last little while. Oh, yeah. But you're also where you're being hunted. What precautions do you think you would advise them on and or um, Atticus and Valentine? Um, 
you're again like think very much a, a cave system um, with high ceilings. A lot of these kind of um, you know occasional glimpses of the sky through through these kind of large vaulted ceilings that Atticus fell through. Um, but uh, yeah, I think by now you have let's say three routes back up to the surface. Um, but uh, what uh, what's what's kind of the order of operation? Well, basically, what's the plan um, for, I think, for getting um, up there? Valentine would probably be like ready to activate his refractor field and he'd be using his auspects that he has because he has his own auspects, which is like a scanner for the area to try to keep track of it, like it's a cave system. So it's not perfect, but the idea is like it's, it's the tracker from alien is yeah, there yeah. movement mm-hmm. is their life sign. So I think he'd be more on a, like a paranoid watch front and let them do like front and rear guard with weapons. Yeah. Atticus would enthusiastically take point. Um, just uh, uh, as as a, a a shield or meat shield, even for uh, for the Inquisitor. Great. Yeah, I think I think I I would. Um, you can guard the Inquisitor, but I think Marnie would be like, I I know every single blind spot. I know every single position where we could be open. So it would just be like me go first, spot around corner, ensure that like no enemies have infiltrated this cave system yet, and. Okay, very, so very. I, she's very tactically. Uh, moving so from forward. an uh, from an Overwatch standpoint, weirdly, it's I'm getting this idea kind of of Valentine essentially being like, you got to move the cargo. So he's like slowly he's moving. The payload, yeah, yeah, he's the payload. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, Tyler is a good player in Overwatch, so he's on the payload. Yeah, uh, and Laura, you're scouting up ahead, um, kind of knowing the the system. In as much as if you needed to fall back, there's a punchy man like right there. So it's not. I think what ultimately your marching order will be, but for this particular scenario, it's 100% what it needs to be. Does that yeah. make sense, everyone? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and Laura, my other big question for you is over the years that you've been living here, would you have built like Schwarzenegger and Predator style traps throughout the, the cave system, do you think? Of course, because <laughs> I mean, she has to sleep at some point. Yeah, fair enough. And so, she wants she wants to sleep soundly, you know? Mm-hmm. Marnie really, really... Uh, She's like that classic military. It's like sleep. You have to like sleep when you can. So it's like she's got it's basically like if she was um, an advanced character in The Walking Dead who made it to like season 10 and like <laughs> has all of the traps. Set just up Carol. She's just Carol. She's like Carol. I've seen some shit and <laughs> no, 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 no walkers just show up. No, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a new character thing to do. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's great. You'll get your own spinoff show when everyone else gets yeah. fired. Um, and because so- I think her, because her squad would have had like integrated auspexes in their helms, I think she could have like jury rigged some like around the area to be like um, basically triggers. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. So um, Laura, to establish how well, uh, and again, I think the argument I'd like to make here is that. It was tremendously good at some point. We're rolling to see what uh, what is left of it now um, at this point <laughs> after having like survived for so long and and yeah. like you know in a classic like at, at one point it was perfect but like people have triggered these things over the years so like let's see kind of what the state of it is yeah, so um, let's go ahead and roll uh, I'm going to give you the option um, it can be. I'll give you survival, tech use, or vigilance.
Uh, I'll take survival. Okay. Um, I'm going to say difficulty of three. Okay. And to account for time, let's say three setback dice. Now, keep in mind, you aren't rolling to see if you're safe right now. You are leaving these caves, so it's not a huge, huge deal if this roll goes badly. I'm just curious kind of what's left of your mm-hmm. machinations. Just checking to see if there's anything I can use to help with this because um, my cunning is not very high. Um, I will say... <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't think they can help you on this one because this is really a you thing. It is a me thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, sometimes you just gotta roll the hard whatever. Whatever that the, phrase the is. The hard well, normally it's a hard six, but given that these are like sometimes you gotta roll the, the hard small triumph symbol and a couple advantage symbols and ideally a, a success symbol. Fuck me. <laughs> this sounds good. We win. <laughs> failures two threats but at least there isn't a despair the emperor is saved you did it you did it everyone oh fuck Um, okay so uh sorry guys no no no. this honestly this makes more narrative sense than anything else um (laughs) as, uh, as you're making your way through the caves um uh you can see i think uh atticus and valentine you're noticing that like marnie's checking traps and stuff but it's like you can tell when like a spring loaded spike trap has been like reset a few too many times. Like it, basically uh, it's the overused toothbrush of survival techniques where just everything is a little too um, threadbare and bald to, to really get the job done anymore. Um, Cause again, if you'll remember like Marnie was basically like prepping for like, this is my last stand. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you're on like in a survival wave game, like you're deep in the waves, but like it's cool. It's it's time to go. Um, so unfortunately, uh, a lot of these traps seem seem pretty busted. Um, the auspices, uh, you can see Marty kind of flicking them, trying to get them back on. They're like cracked helmets, um, and uh, all of them seem to be powering down. Um, <clears throat> Valentine, uh, this is concerning to you, um, I think, uh, largely because uh, with gear this worn down, the odds of the orcs already being down here are not insignificant. Um, Atticus, uh, I think for you, you would likely respect that these traps exist, but also that they're busted. Yeah, um, I think he it would it would uh, spur the question: um, How long have you two been down here? Mm. Well, I've been here about a day, and I believe Marnie's been here about a decade. So, you know, varying distances. Well, that explains it, then. All right, Uh, so I... Explains what? Oh, the the shape that these traps are in. Clearly, uh, they've killed a lot of orcs. (laughs) I just kind of of look around and like, uh, yeah, they are bullshit. All right, as long as we all agree. Um, now, normally I'd ask both of you uh, questions about perhaps your goals, the future, etc. However, I do believe there are strong odds that the orcs are already in here, and this Auspex has incredibly limited range. <sighs> we should probably focus on moving. Uh, 
to a medic, obviously not from the glorious regals. I would prefer someone unaffiliated with any regiment. Unfortunately, if one has turned, we can't know how many are involved. Can we get behind the wall? Can we get behind the lines? Is there some way we can do this without having to, for lack of a better term, throw around a rosette and let you shoot a few people? Um, Atticus, in your time uh, with the Regals, uh, you never went behind the uh, the laser field wall. Um, from what you understand, uh, and I'm sure you could convey this to everyone, but um, it's uh, it's almost uh, a feudal world in there um, with a few modern enhancements and that sort of thing. But uh, if anyone has ever, this is like a really weird East Coast Canadian reference, but like there's uh, an Alexander Keith's beer tour you can do in Nova Scotia where it's just like they all dress in old timey gear and pretend it's like the fucking distillery from then. Um, you get the sense that the Vicodin factory is kind of that. Um, it is uh, very much meant to be a bit of a tourist destination. It's supposed to be like, we do things the old way, the right way. Um, so no, the army is kept uh, completely out, outside of that. Um, so unfortunately, it's in terms of medics, you would know it's people on the base or not. Now that said, um, there's the base, there's the front line. There are a lot of different places that you guys can go. Um, that might not be as, like, I, I think Atticus would have a hard time marching back into, like, HQ, but there's a lot of other places you could look without having to flash the rosette, just as something to, to uh, consider. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll convey that. He'll say, uh, the uh, the Vicodin distillery proper is uh, something of a historical heritage site here, uh, so it's been preserved. Uh, we don't uh, we don't have much personnel going in and out of there, but uh, there are plenty of forward operating bases that we should be able to make contact with. So from what I've understood, you were betrayed for being too effective against the orcs? I mean, I don't know, sir. I know one of my uh, my mates, one of the fellow troopers, uh, Gareth Scarhouse, he was a good soldier, uh, but he was asking questions and snooping around about something, checking in on rumors. I wasn't really sure what happened or what he was looking into, but he was executed, sir. Very uh, shortly after the fact, I found myself uh, downrange of the Skull Crusher unit, and they were firing on me, telling me to come out and make it easier for them. Are there any medics you're personally familiar with, or some forward operating base that you believe to be perhaps the most reliable? Uh, I feel like Atticus would know some medics, uh, given For his sure. frontline uh, position. Yep. Um, is there a name that I, a, a name and a location that I can that I can give to Valentine here? Uh, yes, um, there is uh, a. Of the kind of various uh, operating forward operating positions uh, you've battled in, um, you uh, distinctly remember um, uh, Calesti Aris uh, is a uh, a doctor, a combat doctor. Uh, she's a veteran of several campaigns. Um, she's one of the old guard, um, and. Uh, of the again, in terms of how you view people, um, definitely like knows her shit, is very good at it, um, and uh, as a result, has been at the front line, basically like 
helping people, like getting people prepped who are about to go out, fixing people who come back and is just kind of like a, a gateway, but um, in one of the more active combat zones. Um, so I haven't exactly mapped out like how all these combat zones work, um, but we'll say it's um, uh, the Ford operating base uh, C. So FOBC. And what was that doctor's name again, Tom? Um, Kelesti Aris. Um, so, yeah, um, the other thing that you know about um, her, Tyler, that would probably lead you to think she might be the one to go to is, like you, she seems like someone who doesn't really give a shit about rank or tactics. She's just literally like... <laughs> This is a, a, a horrible metaphor, but she's basically like a subway sandwich artist who's just like, my job is to get you in and out of here as fast and efficiently as possible. I don't really care if the sub looks good coming out the other end. Uh, I'm just throwing all the meat and cheese on it and here's all your fucking veggies. Get out. Next. Let's go. Let's go. So if you had to just like sneak someone through, the odds of her just doing it, not asking too many questions are very high. Okay. Uh, then I'll say... Um, uh, Callist Eris uh, is a uh, good, reliable sawbones at uh, forward operating base Charlie. Uh, she should be able to help you uh, without asking too many questions. She's always quite busy. FOB Charlie sees an awful lot of action. Well, FOB Charlie sounds like it's at the end of the lines, close to, shall we say, the knife's edge that we sit upon. Thanks, Emperor. Quite a place to put us. Ah. Uh, if we can get there, it'll probably be the, sh- the shortest journey possible. <laughs> and then we can get the treatment we need to move on to more important things, like saving the Golden Throne and the Imperium. So we've got our target. We know where we're heading. We know where we need to go. Now let's just get there alive. Yes, sir. Um, so <clears throat> as you continue to move through the caves, unfortunately lacking any proper... Uh, indicators of, of where orc activity might be. Um, you finally start to reach uh, the top. Now, I'm going to say, um, Marnie, um, you have three exits you've used over time. Uh, mm-hmm. You have one that exits out onto the cliffs, um, sort of a, a high perch uh, on the cliffs. Uh, you have one uh, that exits out into um, what uh, was once a, a kind of nice wooded area. Now it's been uh, hacked down for supplies, but is still somewhat tree covered, uh, but is known to be fairly active uh, with, with orc activity. Yeah. Uh, and your initial one, um, which uh, puts you out pretty much uh, inside uh, an orc uh, encampment. Yeah. Um, the orc encampment one uh, was, I think, you had some very early success there, um, but uh, they've definitely become aware of it. So you haven't used it in a couple years, but you are aware that it goes there. Uh, the forest is good because it has cover. Um, however, um, orc war machines often roll through there, uh, and there are constantly kind of gathering parties. Um, the cliffs are easily the safest place to exit. Uh, however, they do require you to scale um, the, the remaining height of the cliff. Um, and also based on what Valentine has told you, it would seem that, um, the orc air patrols are out in high number right now. Which of these three paths would you lead them through? Um, or would you open it up to them for their, I would open it up because, uh, Marnie is not the highest ranking person here. 
Fair enough. <laughs> Therefore, she will not make this decision. Um, so I opened up. Um, uh, Tyler, what was your rank again? Uh, I forget. He doesn't have, like, trooper is, is general enough, trooper. Okay. Um, trooper, inquisitor. You have three options to get out of here. We can either use the cliffs, but then we have to climb down. And there are the orc patrols in the area. And then we have the forest, but that's probably bullshit now. And then we have an orc encampment. We can go right in there. Now they haven't... (laughs) They haven't seen me come through there in many years. They may not be expecting us, although they will be there. So if you want the element of surprise, that is perhaps our best option but it is not the safest. It is up to you to decide. Well, do we have any climbing equipment whatsoever? Because I don't. No, sir. We have... Okay, well, I don't want to sound... Sorry, Marnie. We have our hands and our legs. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, as... no, I do have those as well, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, as the person with their intestines as much out as in, I'm going to say strong pass on the climbing. Uh, I don't think we'll survive that without gear. Now, when you say the woods are bullshit, uh, you, you've got us, either the options are an orc encampment, which sounds heavily defended, or the woods. What is going on with the woods situation? The wood, the orcs bring their stupid machines through there. It may be the best option. Well, looking at your armaments, we do have a plasma (laughs) gun and we do have a power fist, which means I think we would have a shot against vehicles as long as it's not uh, a stomper or some other gargant equivalent. Hmm. Uh, If I may, sir, I'm more than happy to uh, lay the hurting on some orcs, be they in a camp or in the forest, but... If the forest is a throughway for them to be moving vehicles, it's not a fixed position, is it? Probably uh, not as heavily guarded because they're not staying there, sir. They're moving through it. Might even be able to get ourselves a set of wheels, eh? I don't know. I don't think rank is going to tremendously matter now that you are a member of the Inquisition. But congratulations, Captain. That is an excellent idea. Uh, so fucking proud. Just... <laughs> Just like uh, he somehow grows three inches. Do you, do you salute every time you're like given praise? Is this a, a like? Is it always metal arm up? I think he salutes at captain because it's his first time saluting as a captain. Understood. Um, so I think that feels really good. Now, the other thing we should note, friends, is you're both used to following uh, the Imperial Guard chain of command. As Inquisitorial agents, you have graduated beyond that. Your rank is higher than any member of the Imperial Guard, except me. I will give orders to you, and you will obey those orders, and I cannot be countermanded. I speak with the Emperor's voice, which means when you speak on my behalf, you speak with the Emperor's voice. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to salute to others unless it seems, you know, cordially appropriate. You obey the Emperor's law, and the Emperor's law are my orders. Do you understand? It's Atticus, just the greatest honor of my life. Atticus knew this, but for it to like apply to him is like it, it, it dizzying. Uh, so he, he takes a minute to like really digest chat and then just silently nods. 
Excellent. Well, then let's go to the woods, friend, and let's try to claim ourselves a vehicle to get to FOB Charlie and meet this uh, Celesti heiress. The Empress uh, provided you both, and the Emperor always provides for the righteous. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, because if you're talking about Mork and Gork, they sometimes provide for their righteous too, uh, which is what the sound of the massive explosion back at your camp uh, indicates. Uh, you hear the the walls uh, begin to rumble, and suddenly the the slow but uh, somewhat menacing ping of auspices as uh, the knobs uh, seem to begin to pick up your trail. Might be time to move. Okay, lovely talking with you both, but I believe it's time for us to head to the woods. <laughs> So, with that, into the woods we go again. <laughs> this episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante, at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt, at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, as Atticus Vase. Laura Hamstra, at EL Hamstring on Twitter, as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our Game Master, Tom McGee, at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Zekin X, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website, 224BBaker.com. 
It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.